0: I'm Daniel the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. Lift off and the clock has
1: started.
0: This is Time of Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Time of Spirituality. If you like the show, please go ahead and like and subscribe, and if you feel so inclined, you can go ahead and leave a review. I also got another little piece of news for you guys. I have a workshop coming up on December 10th with my friend Gabriella, and it's going to be a quantum healing workshop and learning how to work with your spirit guides and access your intuition. So have some more details to follow in the coming weeks, but go ahead and mark those calendars for 12 p.m. Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time. Again, that's December 10th. And more details to follow. There's my broken 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 moment. Again, this is just one of those things where I get goofy when I'm tired. I'm doing this right before it's bedtime. Okay, anyways. (laughs) Okay, hmm. We're here to talk about the episode today. Yes. So, this is an interview that i did on spiritual shit back in early 2021 now this episode i'm sorry this episode yeah i guess it is an episode this episode interview absolutely a game changer for me i want to thank alia so much for giving me the opportunity to come on her show because it is one of the biggest spiritual podcasts in the world and a lot of you guys found me through that podcast so one moment one opportunity can change everything. And with that, I just want to talk a little bit about a moment in the podcast. And that moment came when Aliyah brought up a topic that was something that I hadn't touched on yet publicly. And I remember thinking in that moment, I'm nervous to go here. I'm really nervous to go here. But I took a deep breath. And as I did that, I said to myself, this is the moment. This is the moment when you seize that opportunity and you go for it. And I am so glad that I, that I seized that opportunity and went for it because I think that, I don't know, I just feel like it was one of those pivotal moments where I don't look back on that experience with any regret. I don't. It was It was great. And one experience can change everything and one opportunity can change everything. So seize the moment, everyone. Just seize the moment because you never know when that opportunity is going to come again. Because here we are almost two years later, and I haven't had another opportunity like that yet. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not coming, because come on. I'm just getting started. So when those moments come, I'm going to continue to seize on every opportunity. And again, broken record time for the second time here. I just want to thank Aaliyah so much for giving me the opportunity to come on her platform, on her podcast, and just share my view of the world past life regression, and have some really cool conversations. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I can't wait to listen back to it again. And uh, there are some other really cool interviews coming up in this this little interseason before I'm going to launch season three a little bit later in either late November or early December. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But the other interviews are going to be different from each other. I'm I'm not in airing any interviews that are that are similar because I want to give you guys some variety. And when I say interviews, I mean of podcasts that I've been on. Okay, I'm gonna shut up now because it really is time for bed. I hope this wasn't a big rambling mess. But eh, if it was, whatever. I'm still learning along the way. So with that shit. If you would like to book a regression with me to discover who went and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the past life regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to
2: begin. Hello and welcome to spiritual shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world is really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello, and welcome
3: to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely. And today we have Daniel G here, who is your past life regressionist. How are you doing, man?
0: Good. Thank you for having me.
3: Good. It's good to have you on the show. Um, past life regression is something that I've always been super interested in uh, since my first encounter with it a couple of years ago. And it's it. I had just started the process of Uh, deciding whether or not I believed in past lives. And people had always kind of said, oh, like you seem familiar or you'd have weird uh, instances and situations where you were very close to something or had some, an appeal to something. And people were like, oh, there must be a past life thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so when I had my first past life regression session, it was was something so insane that it unlocked uh, a different and new perspective of what... I could be doing and my purposes and my fears and my traumas that are involved in this life. And so since then, I've been super fascinated with it. So I'm super excited to have you on the show. Um, Before we really dig into what past life regression is and all the good uh, idiosyncrasies in that, uh, can you first tell people a little bit about yourself and your story and what got you on this path?
0: Sure. So I'm Daniel, the past life regressionist, and I love time. Time is my forte. I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by all things that have to do with time. So, what got me on this path is, I guess you could say, I, how would I put it? I'm a firm believer in science.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have always been a firm believer in science for my entire life. And when I was younger, you know, I was raised in a system, as we all were. That really didn't let us deviate from thinking outside of what was taught as a conventional norm. Mm-hmm. So when I would have ideas about something like reincarnation, I would sit with it, maybe think about it a little bit, entertain it a little bit, but I really wouldn't give it much stock because it couldn't be proven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was my life for you know, the first twenty some years. I mean, even or almost till I was thirty. Mm-hmm. And then I came down to the immune disorder. About thirty. And
3: pause. You know, yeah. Um, it it cut out. So to go ahead and turn your video off. Okay. Um, and start with uh, I came down with an autoimmune. It it cut that part out.
0: Okay. So so the autoimmune part. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry about that. No problem. Okay.
1: Hmm.
3: What was
0: I? So 13 years ago, I came down with an autoimmune disorder and I was of the mindset that only Western medicine could fix me. So for the next six years, I'd go to many doctors and they would all say, we're going to fix you right now. Like we've got it. So, okay. Yeah. So I would get very excited that they would cure me. And of course they wouldn't. So it was this cycle of just incredible defeat. And I came to a point when I had to start letting go of that belief of only Western medicine can fix me. And then my stepmother passed away. So I was kind of clutching onto something more, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. There came a point when I wanted to believe that she was in a better place, although you know, I couldn't prove that heaven was real, but yeah. I wanted to believe it. And once I allowed myself to drop those walls, like my walls of rigidness, things just started to line up. Mm -hmm. And it didn't have a word for it at the time. And now I believe that terminology is synchronicities. And past life regression ended up falling into my lap. And I tried it a few months after I found out about it and it changed my life. And where it changed my life is I always like to make the distinction between believing and knowing. So I, I I firmly believe in past life regression and past lives and reincarnation, but I still can't prove it to you 110%. -hmm. So it's a belief system. So I walked out of my first past life regression, a firm believer in past lives because I was so moved by the experience because Mm -hmm. it felt so real. So by proxy, I believed in future lives as well. So I just, I had this new outlook of of next time it could be better or it could be worse. These are the cards that I've been dealt this time around. So how am I going to play them? And admittedly, I wasn't healed, but life got a little bit easier. And I just, I think it was, it was taking the blinders off, you know, Mm -hmm. lifting that veil and seeing that there's so much more to the world than what meets the eye. Things became exciting. Like I was looking at dirt differently on the ride home. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. God, everything has consciousness. Mm. So yeah, I mean, that's how I came to find past life regression. Then I got certified a little while later and I love it. It is, it's amazing. It's just, it's the coolest thing.
3: <laughs> I'm a little I mean, biased to it, but yeah, <laughs> I
0: still think it's the coolest thing.
3: Um, I would say that like we... The experience of past life regression was interesting because it did open up a different path and understanding of what's possible as far as what it is that we experience on this road to consciousness, if you will. And in that process of self-discovery and learning more about past lives, um, it almost gave me a door to understanding more about myself in ways that I I couldn't facilitate or access from just this life. And so knowing that like a lot of Eastern uh, traditions and religions had always believed in past lives and future lives, and then to be in this Western life, especially re- being raised, um, you know, Judeo-Christian, but there was only one life and only one chance. Um, it did give some, I would say some softness to this experience. Like this wasn't it, <laughs> there wasn't so much pressure on just this one chance essentially. Um, but it also opened up other doors, uh, to, to understand more about what it is that you're drawn to, what it is that you're fearful of. I think you mentioned in one of your IGTV lives, um, that you had a fear of speaking up, right. Mm -hmm. Fear of speaking out. And, um, can you talk to people about that, what what that fear was and why you had that fear according to a past life?
0: So, you know, that fear just felt like fear for a very long time until, I was able to understand it in a more tangible sense, which was I'd been killed for speaking out in past lives about things such as past lives or astrology or that the earth was round. So on that subconscious level, I carried that forward. And I equated speaking out with the feeling of being killed, Mm -hmm. which is just absurd if you think about it. But at the same time, it's like, oh my God, that actually makes sense because that reaction I have to the thought of speaking out, it's like, I think I'm going to be killed for it. Mm -hmm. So once I was able to identify that and acknowledge it, it became a matter of taking the gloves off Mm -hmm. and saying, all right, this is what I'm here to face this time Mm -hmm. is that fear that has paralyzed me. And what's the best way to, i don't want to say get revenge because i don't like that expression Mm -hmm. but to turn the tables on those who killed me before Mm -hmm. to speak out this time Mm -hmm. so you shut me up then i'd like to see you try now
3: (laughs) (laughs) so it's, it's interesting because in that in that process of aspect of you learning that about yourself and in that past life then um you know, you're, you are becoming more aware then of what it is that you'd like to change in this life. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that the biggest transformation that you usually see from your clients?
0: It can be. And when I say it can be, it's because like it can be a deeply healing and transformational experience, but at the end of the day, it's up to you, what you decide to do with the information that you've been presented with. So you could have it all laid out at your feet. But if you don't want to pick it up and do something with it, nothing is going to change. Mm -hmm. It took me a very long time to even go in that direction. Because this is something I've had an awareness of for a while. Yet I didn't start acting on it until it's been less than a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was slowly nudging myself into it. But yeah, so even being on the other side of it, like I'm not perfect by any stretch of (laughs) the imagination. Like I still have my lessons that I'm actively learning as well.
3: Well, to give you guys who are listening some insight here, I had a session with Daniel, um, almost about, was it a month ago or so? Um, by the time this airs, who knows? Uh, uh and,
0: a month in 13 days, but who's counting?
3: Okay. <laughs> and so when, when I had that session, um, the session was so intense. Um, you know, like you're under hypnosis and, and, and actually before I explain my session, can you tell, talk to people about the hypnosis process? Because a lot of people may be scared of doing a past life regression session because they're like, I don't want to be hypnotized and I don't want to quack like a duck or eat chicken or whatever, you know, <laughs>
1: um,
3: can you explain what this process looks like? Um, how do you bring people in? How do you bring them under? Do they have control? Can they go pee if they need to like, you know, like, yeah. uh, what that experience is like first.
0: Sure. So at no point will you be barking like a dog or clucking like a chicken unless you want to, because mm-hmm. you are fully in control of what is going on during the experience. So it's not your or stereotypical hypnosis where it's using suggestion or anything of that nature.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, I had it presented to me by another practitioner whose name is Tiffany and she described it perfectly. She calls it an interactive guided meditation, mm. which is really what it is. Yeah. It's just you are in this deep state of meditation and we are interacting. So look, I mean, kind of to just reveal the secrets, it's just a matter of getting you to not think about your day for 15 minutes. Mm
1: -hmm. As long as you
0: can push that all to the side, that's when all the information starts coming forward. So yes, it is done through a state of hypnosis, but it's really just a deep interactive guided meditation. Mm. And you experience it, through your senses.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean,
0: whatever you think it is, that's not what it is though. So it's like coming in without any expectation is the best way to approach it because it could be flashes that you're seeing, flashes of images from that life, or you could be fully immersed, or you could be watching it on a movie screen, or you could just be watching it from a third person perspective, almost like you're just lounging up against a tree watching the scene unfold in front of you. And just with that awareness of, oh, out of that crowd of six people, I'm that person over there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's just, it's a sense of knowing, like you understand what's going on. And even if you don't see it fully, you just have a knowing and an understanding. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then that's, I guess what you would say, the first half of a session. And then the second half is when we go to speak with your higher self or spirit guides. So I send everyone a pre-session questionnaire beforehand of any question you could possibly have about your life. Mm -hmm. It could be about illness or it could be about relationships. It could be, why did Mr. Smith treat me like garbage in the third grade? Like any question you've ever wanted to have answered, you can ask. And when that happens, it's all coming through you. But it's like you're unlocking access to a portion of your brain that you don't have access to. In your normal waking state. So that's why I also love the process, is because there are people who do past life readings where they will tell you, oh, you were so and so in a past life, Mm -hmm. which I believe that there are genuine people out there who can do it. Mm -hmm. But at no point during this process am I ever telling you, you were this, you were that. Mm -hmm. You are my eyes and ears in there. I'm going off of what you're saying. So you are fully in control of what i will even know so if you see something that you don't want me to know about i'll never know
3: mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that that like in our session like i and just to give people some understanding so that way if they wanted to try it they don't have to be scared of what that looks like because they have com- they have complete control and, and for me, I remember us going in, I was like, okay, nothing's off limits here. wanna explore everything as much as possible. And you acted more as a facilitator uh, in accessing that. And the, the weirder part about our session is that um, when we got into the higher self um, uh, part, portion of the session or whatever, um, my guides came in and started channeling. And that well, They was were weird on
0: their head a little there. bit earlier than that. Yeah. <laughs> They were coming after about 10 minutes.
3: <laughs> they can't be quiet. Um, <laughs> and so that was interesting for me because a lot of times, um, you know, I mean, maybe that was weird for you too. I don't know if that you have clients often that are in tune with that part of themselves. Does that happen very often?
0: It happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I call it another Tuesday at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but,
0: yeah. You know, where. Even during your session, it was like when they were nudging themselves in at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was at that point, I was aware I wasn't speaking to you. Yeah. So also she, just for everyone who's listening, that only happened because she allowed it to happen.
3: Right. Right. They you wouldn't have possessed. come through if she didn't allow it. Right. And I think that that was interesting because like I I, I came into that session being like, I want to be completely open. I want to be completely um, just, just. I mean, the word is open <laughs> to what could come through, and be and prepping myself beforehand um, to see what what could be acknowledged during that session. So um, it's funny because I don't even remember the, them coming in that early, um, but then again, I was kind of under. And when when I'm under, at least and and it since I practice kind of being under a lot um, by myself, I put myself in the back seat. So. In this case they were just they were already trying to get in the front seat before i was ready to get out and so what they brought forward though the information was it's so interesting um it still surprises me because the way in which they talk is different in the cadence and candor than the way that i talk Mm
2: -hmm. and
3: their knowing is interesting because they don't they don't say anything that's going to mess with your free will right So Mm -hmm. there are some times where they're like, we can't reveal this to you or we can't answer that or whatever. And I'm like, tell me, damn it. You know, (laughs) I want to know. But more than that, I felt like um, what I was getting to earlier is that the session was so intense. I still haven't listened back to the session because I remember during the session and when guys, when I say this, when I said it it was intense, it brought up some deep parts of myself because I allowed it um, of, of healing that needs still needs to happen within me and areas in which um, I'm, I, ha- I still have hard a hard time acknowledging uh, what my purpose is here and what power I need to step into and so on. And so Daniel facilitated that. Not only did you facilitate that, but you pushed me. And like I was like, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. This is so <laughs> intense. And you're like, no, let's keep going, um, which was good because you you kind of operated more like a coach in that sense, right? A little bit. Yeah. Like you kind of stood in and were like, I'm going to, I'm going to come in and bat for you in this process because we're getting ready to make this breakthrough and you're, you're trying to step down.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just so, you know, for anyone listening, no means no, and stop means stop. Yes. So when she said, I can't, I'm like, okay, well that's not no or stop. (laughs) So, but if there was a firm, like, no, 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 I don't want any more. Like, okay, we're done. Like, I'm not going to push you further than you're comfortable with.
3: Yeah. And obviously for myself, I knew that I needed to go further. So whatever, like we would have both do it anyway. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, so you have learned your training comes from uh, Dolores Cannon, who I am um, somewhat familiar with, pretty familiar with. I watched a lot of her videos when I first started to get into awakening and stuff like that. And I was always really interested in her, um, the book, I, what is it called? The, th- the three waves or the three. Um, the
0: three waves of volunteers.
3: Yes, can we talk about that? Sure. So the three waves of volunteers, um, essentially, the maybe you can describe it better, but essentially the three waves of volunteers that came here on Earth to help through this transition, through this awakening during this time, and since, and I would believe that this is relevant to reincarnation, given that specific souls decided that they would come back to Earth during this time to 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 work on some shit, if you will, right? Can you break that down?
0: I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to it's been a couple of years since I've read the book, mm-hmm. but I believe the way that she described it was that there were souls from elsewhere that came in three waves that were here to wake humanity up to rising consciousness in a sense. Mm-hmm. But what she also said a lot of these souls had as a trait of theirs were these things called imprints, where they had to have some experience on Earth to draw from, from in order to, you know, not be completely squashed or crushed by just the burdens of everyday life. Mm-hmm. So they drew from the Akashic records or the collective consciousness in order to imprint other lives into their essence, in a sense. So mm-hmm. it's like they were able to draw from that. Now, she also said that these imprints can be indistinguishable from real lives. Mm-hmm. So, admittedly. I've never asked about imprints and sessions Hmm. because, look, I don't think it makes a difference to be honest with you. Right. Because if you're here for a purpose, that's really, I think it's secondary to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really glad you brought this up because, look, I'm someone who was blinded by purpose when I got started with this, Mm -hmm. where- I had this mentality of everything that has happened to my life up until this point was necessary because it made me who I am. And I'm here to help the world in whatever way that is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and there's nothing that is going to get in my way or stop me. Meaning that looking at the past in my current life became Mm -hmm. a no-no because that was just a waste of time to me. Mm -hmm. However, I was totally kidding myself because how can you help the world if you can't help yourself first or heal mm-hmm. yourself? It's like, I would use the, you know, the example of putting your mask on first on the airplane, but that holds a different <laughs> connotation now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, yeah you've got to put your mask on first. So if there is anyone listening to this right now who fell into the same trap that I did, put your mask on first. Heal whatever needs to be healed first. And then you're going to be set. Then you're going to be ready to fulfill your purpose, whatever that may be. Okay. So that was my side note tangent. (laughs) So the three waves of volunteers to me are fascinating. It is fascinating to me that there is potentially, and still I say potentially because it's not a fact, Mm -hmm. three waves in a linear sense who came here as souls that volunteered to help Earth.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And- I mean, I think of just the courage that it, you know, it takes a soul to come to earth. And I don't think that's an original idea of mine. I feel that Dolores Cannon may have said that Mm -hmm. about the courage aspect, but I mean, how cool would it be if there were souls from elsewhere that never lived a life on earth that were, you know, somewhere else on the reincarnation wheel, Mm -hmm. they're here to help us right now. Yeah. Now, I believe that they're also living all walks of life or that there are, you know, even to expand upon it, there are other, another concept uh, referred to, I believe is interplanetary souls. Yeah. Where it's souls who have had lives elsewhere and then have had lives on earth as well.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: These I feel I'm a little more familiar with because I don't need to ask questions about imprints. Mm
1: -hmm. So I
0: do come across a lot of people who have had, I'm sorry, lives off planet.
1: Hmm.
0: and yeah these people are living all walks of life i mean they are not just you know your spiritual gurus Right. they are you know doctors lawyers accountants police officers firefighters anywhere that you can imagine somewhere or somewhere would be they're there and right. it could just be for like for your session one of the things that came up was your voice
3: mm-hmm. and
0: that it's not necessarily about what you're saying as much as your voice. Yeah. Being, I I don't want to say an activation necessarily, but just holding a frequency that resonates on a deeper level for someone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want to make an overgeneralization right now, but in a police department, you may not have an abundance of people who are into spirituality. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: if there is someone there one of these interplanetary souls or a member of the three waves, their being in proximity to those people may make the difference and it may resonate with those people on a level where they are not aware of what is transpiring at the time.
3: Mm -hmm. It was interesting when I was listening to it because there at some point, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe maybe misquoting this, but there was a part where she had talked about um, kind of like beacons, like we were sent... And I say we, cause like, as soon as I read that, I was like, I'm one of these people <laughs> <laughs> and you know, who knows, maybe I'm making that up, but, um, there, there was, there's these areas in which, uh, you think of, them um, like, uh, cell phone towers basically. And you kind of, you're kind of planted in each one of these areas in order to be in proximity, like you said, to help people, so to speak, activate, if that's the easiest way to understand it. Um. And in this way, um, for, funny enough, you've probably listened, at least people who are listening to this podcast, understand I've tried to leave Kansas city a billion times and I keep getting brought back here. And at some point, um, you know, last summer I was like, man, this is one of those things where it's like, it's a proximity thing. This is my territory. I'm working this territory. <laughs> um, I'm supposed to be here for some reason. And so, um, what I thought was interesting too, that she said about the three waves of volunteers is that like the, like the first wave, would have been, you know, people are kind of in like the 70s-ish, uh, like freedom movement, things like that. Um, the second wave would have been probably our generation. And then the third wave are the, the kids that are coming in now. And the kids that are coming in now, I've always said like are, are, are something else. Like, have you met anybody's children these days? And the way that they talk and how intelligent they are and how empathic they are. Have you, do you have any experience with any children?
0: <laughs> I mean, all of my friends' kids are still crawling or just learning how to walk. Well, so maybe in the next couple of years, I'll be able to have a conversation with them about the cosmos.
3: <laughs> My friends, are kids are like 10 and, or around there or something. And I have friends who, you know, their children, they've, they've decided to meditate on their own. Oh wow! It's not something that they've just, that they've been taught. Their parents don't really do it. You know what I mean? Like it's just stuff like that. They, they collect crystals and, you know, like just it, to me, it's the most bizarre thing. Um, even my bonus children talking to them, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what are they taking in? I watched some of their shows that they watch, like Steven universe, which <laughs> this is really off but um, uh, where they talk about, they talk about crystals and, and astral projection and other dimensions and stuff. This is stuff these children are familiar with at five, where it was like, we, like, I I'd never even heard of anything like that until I was 30 something, you know? Um, and they're interested in it. They understand it. They're talking to me about mes- metaphysics, five. And so it just, it blows my mind. But anyway, um, back to the three waves. So the, the waves of these interplanetary uh, beings, dimensions or whatever, who've come in, um, you know, maybe they've lived life so other places. They've lived life on earth as well. The, the whole point, what I wanted to say was why, why was there a need for, to volunteer?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a good question
3: why was so, earth in trouble
0: you know the stuff i'm about to say some of it is just my own thoughts and feelings some of it is stuff that i've read so it is just that it's not fact oh okay i think we're going to go there right now <laughs>
3: let's go there yeah. you hear did you guys hear that the the heaviness in his voice when he said that um, it's like, I'm going to be killed for this. Like <laughs> on this show, we can go there. So like, let's go there.
0: I believe that there's a, yeah, why not? There's no turning back now, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Daniel.
0: Might as well just take that leap. Do it. That there is a darkness that has resided on this planet for many thousands of years
1: mm-hmm.
0: in that there is something unique about Earth. Like I once heard it referred to as the living library. Mm. Like where other, you know, I guess you could call them beings, whether they're ETs or aliens from elsewhere with a different purpose where they don't have to worry about pay, or paying taxes and going to a nine to five job. Like they are more focused on <laughs> on orchestrating The beauty of the universe where there are animals and plant life from all around the universe residing here on earth Mm -hmm. that they are brought from elsewhere and it's just this living library where there's just this abundance of life and that we are being watched to see how all of these Animals, beings, dumb humans, smart (laughs) humans. Okay. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. That was wrong of me. (laughs) Whatever. I should have just stuck with dumb. We already Um, know. (laughs) Where we're being watched to see how we interact with each other. And we do live in a universe that is built upon free will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there is a universal balance, if dark and light is a real thing, that if there is something tipping towards the light side then naturally there would need to be a balance and that there is a darkness that is out there also so i believe that this darkness is something that it may not be as overt as some people say mm-hmm. but it it's there it's and why i say like i believe it's there too is because i have had sessions with people who have seen this throughout time Mm -hmm. and these are people who really aren't putting much thought into these things like i think they are more concerned with their day-to-day lives so i don't see them as people who are watching gaia tv Mm -hmm. or anything of that nature so when they are talking about you know this energy or these beings that sound very similar to each other at different places throughout time Mm -hmm. I'm inclined to say there's something going on. Yeah. So, and if we do live in a universe of free will, and there may be a certain non-intervention, I guess you could say, where maybe these beings of light or good beings are watching us from the outside, but they can't directly interfere. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So the way to combat that darkness is to incarnate into a human body and do it as a human. Mm -hmm. And to bring light to places where there is dark. And like what we're witnessing right now, I believe it's just, it's casting a light on all the darkness that runs rampant throughout the world.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, if you think about the things that have come to light in the last couple of years compared to, I mean, we're both in our mid thirties. Yeah. So, you know, even from the time that we were 10 years old up until 30, what's been covered in the last couple of years has
3: more than our entire lifetime.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So it's, it's like these things are coming out to the surface because they need to be dealt with and they just, they're running too rampant. So, you know, you got these players who volunteer and we're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll go down. I'll be human. Oh, you guys say it's gonna be hard? How hard can it really be? Come on. I've dealt with the best of them. I've been on, you know, you know, whatever planet you want to say or whatever star system. Like, come on, give me your best shot, Earth. Then they get into a human body or like, oh, what have I done?
3: (laughs) (laughs) And well, you know the, the idea of the veil and stuff coming in and and what that looks like. And to forget who you are, this is why the process of awakening is so powerful for a lot of people. Um, it's just because we, we get into this, this forgetfulness of this and we get down here and while we could be serving our purpose unconsciously, um, the whole point is like, hey, wake up, remember, like, remember, remember why you're here, remember what you're doing. Um, and not everybody makes it. Um, as far as, as far as I know, um, I remember this dream that I had where, um, and I, stopped, I haven't had it in a really long time, but um, I used to have I, it. I'm sorry, is there
0: one thing I can add there really quick? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Something that came up during your session mm-hmm. was, you know, when your guides came in, mm-hmm. they had mentioned that about 33% of the population are these souls in a sense. Yeah. And I was shocked to say the least. <laughs> I was like, wait, did you say third? You're like a third, like 33%? Like, yeah, yeah I'm like, um, that was more like three (laughs) and the feeling was that there is an abundance of this new energy here because not all of those souls are going to wake up to their purpose yeah that some of them will get caught up in the density of earth Mm -hmm. and that they may all be presented with the opportunity but they may choose to say no Mm
3: -hmm. yeah
0: like now i'm I'm gonna, gonna you know i'm gonna do whatever I was going to really say, I forgot about that part. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, cause that's, that's a, there's a fuck ton of people. Right. And if that's the case, then, you know, the idea of like this whole awakening thing, um, the process of, and I hate using the word awakening cause it just seems so damn trendy right now.
2: But yeah,
3: that idea of like essentially remembering who you are and revealing that process and that purpose. So that way you can become that beacon of light. I mean, those of you who are listening right now, maybe that's that, For you, as activation, maybe you're like, man, I'm one of those people, you know. Um, What do you think? I'm sorry. Go ahead. ahead.
0: Well, (laughs) even with past life regression, like I'm going to shoot myself in the foot for saying this after, (laughs) probably, but one of the things I've always wondered is why am I allowed to do this? Mm. Because if we come into these incarnations, forgetting, there's got to be a reason we don't remember. So why the hell am I able to do this? Mm-hmm. What universal law is allowing me and thousands of other people to be past life regressionists? So that's
3: a great question because if that's the case, if we are here to forget, um, or why are we here to forget? Like let's let's chew on that concept for a second because if that's the case, awakening this whole process of what awakening is, um, what if it's a sham? <laughs> I don't think it is, but the, the idea of like, um, it, you know, remembering other things and how that can help us progress to essentially deeper healing or having more understanding. Um, and maybe this was something that wasn't accessible to people in other waves because, you know, like past life regression wasn't, what, I don't think a thing 20 years ago or not, not, not to this level. Not, anyway.
0: Yeah. Not to the extent it is now.
3: Right. So there must be a reason, like maybe, maybe the, because we, we, we tend to think of systems as if they're perfect, right? We tend mm-hmm. to think of like external, universal, alien systems, whatever. Like they got it all figured out. They're super smart. They're much smarter than us. But what if in fact the first wave came and they were like, oh shit, they all just did a bunch of E and got like super wasted and didn't remember what it is they were supposed to do. So when the second wave came, they were like, okay, like maybe we need to facilitate, maybe they're tweaking things. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so like this I think, yeah, train... they could have been
0: the way or the trendsetters in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the trendsetters, but,
3: but the, you, you know, like... like the change makers. Yeah. And so like holding,
0: anchoring that energy, whatever it may be.
3: Exactly. So in that case, I would imagine that like, because the way, because I grew up in, in, in Christianity, my perception of spirituality was always that it was perfect, that the, there was always a reason and a rhyme. And there was a perfect, like this will have to work out this way. But what if it's a giant experiment? And if it's an, a giant, a giant experiment, which required people to volunteer in the first place, which means that we weren't necessarily meant to be here, but we chose to be here. Then in this process, there's, there are ways that this can be fucked up. Yeah. There are ways in which this is, this is not a perfect system, but this is a way in which, you know, maybe the galactic federation, if those of you guys don't know what that is, essentially, uh, there are people that believe that there, there is a group of like a jury, a government almost of people, um, light and dark who watch over the earth and make decisions like government kind of. Um, and if that's the case, they're watching this grand experiment. We're down here, uh, you know, these, and these avatars essentially playing the video game and, you know, sometimes it's dun, 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 dun. you know, we have reached the end of some people are too young to understand that reference, um, <laughs> Uh, we reached the end of our, our video game and, and we didn't finish the mission, or we didn't save the princess, or whatever. So, you know, maybe taking away the we're talking
0: about Super Mario, right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but maybe that's the case where where it's like it's not it's not a perfect system. It's not a perfect uh, experiment, if you will. This process is, is this volunteering that came to, we came down here to do. And even the process of past life regression is a tool to help us understand why we came here or what it is that we're doing. And in some cases for some of us, like, because I know in a couple of my past life regressions, I've had, I've had uh, lives on other planets. Um, I was some blue person that kind of looked translucent that didn't have a mouth. Like we didn't need mouths because we have spoken um, you know, telepathically. And when we, even when we had like come came together to have a child, we would, um, come to the kind of like a jury and we would decide what the purpose of the child would be and all that kind of stuff before we would manifest it. There was no sex because it wasn't needed. Like you could just think something and there was. Um, and so to be in the human body, even the, the process of volunteering, there's this idea that many people lined up to get here because it was like, oh, I can feel something. I can feel pain. I can feel... Musty sex. I can feel, you know, like these experiences and these feelings um, that we don't necessarily have access to in other types of bodies. And like you said, with like the living library, there's all these experiences to be had on Earth. So in a lot of ways, it was it maybe was something that we looked at as, uh, you know, like beneficial, advantageous, even like, oh, this is going to process and catalyze our growth so much more. Let's get down there. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. Like I in a session with a person i, don't know, I want to say this probably about a year or two ago and they saw themselves as a et mm-hmm. and they came from another planet and then when they got to earth it was like they were all out of whack because of the density
1: mm-hmm.
0: of whatever energy was here and they were like experiencing emotions that they hadn't experienced elsewhere so it's like oh my god what are these things i'm feeling mm-hmm. and you know like we you were mentioning earlier about it being an imperfect system,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which, yeah, that's probably the case. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect, but you know, if, let's just say that the system was designed for, you know, these souls to come down and jump into these avatars to have this experience, but it was designed so they would fix their mistakes, that they would break patterns. But then they got down and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. And they kept repeating the same mistakes. And mm-hmm. the same mistakes kept creating a density that they were carrying around, like a heaviness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, what if the tipping point just happened when let's just say, like, I don't know about the Galactic Federation necessary or necessarily, but let's just say that's what it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're sitting there, you know, in their recliners, like, you know, up on Mount Olympus or whatever, and they're like, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> We're gonna have to. They're gonna have to remember.
3: <laughs> like, yeah,
0: the only way to have them release. Uh, what Does are we gonna call too it? Long, like habla <laughs> habla. No, no, that doesn't sound good. Um, <laughs> grack, 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 grack. No, no, no. How about past life regression?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's call it
0: that. That's gonna be the thing that's gonna help people remember, so we can release some of this this density that's residing on the living library. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, we're gonna have a couple people who are just gonna discover it and then they're gonna spread it around the world. And then once you get down the line, there's not just gonna be a few people or hundreds or thousands, there are gonna be hundreds of thousands or millions of practitioners. And then everything is gonna change once these dumb humans remember (laughs) why they're here and what they've been carrying around for so long. And then a lot of them are gonna remember and they're still not gonna wanna do anything about it.
3: Why did we give them free will? <laughs> right?
0: Why did we mess it up back then? We should have thought about this when we designed the whole
3: system. I mean, I could definitely see it going down that way. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the shit that we see happen in the world, I'm like, this can't be a perfect system. Like there can't be a reason for everything. Now I know that there are universal laws and how they operate and how to how to play with them essentially. But there, it, in my mind, I don't think like... The when they designed this, that this was their intention. Um, if that's the case, um, I want to run just a random thing by you because I think this is an interesting talking point. Um, I also, was watching. I do love
0: humanity as much as I bag on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> just so to so throw that one out there, <laughs> I'm very compassionate.
3: Yes. Um, so there was a video that someone sent me one time that said um, the moon is actually a false light. It's not actually a planet or something or whatever. And it's, it's a, it's like a, a a thing that gathers the energy of people on earth, essentially. And the moon and sorry, this may be a tangent topic, but the the moon essentially. No, I'm getting um,
0: excited. It's okay.
3: (laughs) Gleans energy from us, especially negative energy and that whatever evil or, you know, uh, low vibrational system set this up as a means, a type of slavery for us. And I know that we've talked about in the past episodes where we talk about Anunnaki and how, um, they're the ones who came from the heaven, essentially were an alien race group who came here to harvest gold. And because they were like, man, this is going to take a lot of work. They, um, essentially hybridized monkeys into humans to get them to, to, to do the work and think that, like we're we're also doing you a favor like <laughs> we're advancing your species, but um, we also want you to work for us or so, something. So we end up becoming the slave race basically on Earth. And um, so what this video had said was that the moon actually like we we've, we've been tricked into worshipping the moon essentially. But this process of you know everything that happens on Earth and how imperfect it is and all the jobs we go to and the stuff that we go through is a harvesting of a type of energy force um, that helps fund or, um, you know, fill up or whatever this, this other alien race. Okay. And then what happens is when we die, um, they said that the, the going towards the light, quote unquote, going towards the light, um, is the pathway back into another reincarnation to continue the slavery. And so the video was saying like, when you die, don't go into the light. Go the opposite way. They'll have people who look like your your loved ones. They always say loved ones greet you, so you'll go in that direction. Um, So you can continue the cycle over and over again. So reincarnation is actually uh, the slave trade to continue to utilize your energy over and over and over to continue to produce for this other race. What comes to mind when I tell you that?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It seems too closed-minded. I mean, not Mm -hmm. closed-minded. It seems too... Earth-centric,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because like you've lived lives elsewhere, like you said, you've seen yourself yeah. on other planets. So that it, you know, I, I can't really comment because I haven't seen the video. Yeah, but it just sounds like that's saying that reincarnation is only here on Earth in a sense, mm-hmm. or that that cycle only happens here. Mm-hmm. Which, look, anything is possible, and <laughs> but you know. <laughs> I will I just say. Just wanted to that, float
3: you the idea because, like, I'm always interested in like counter ideas. It's not something I, I necessarily oh, believe in, but like,
0: I I'm thought, gonna throw you a curveball in a second.
3: Please go for it.
0: <laughs> but then again, I am someone who is only using a human brain, so I can only view things through the lens of what that human brain is capable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then I like to take it a step further and say, okay, what? lies outside the possibility of what I can comprehend. Right. And just because I can't comprehend it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Right. So when I look at the moon, I think, wow, that's beautiful. It's crazy. It's beautiful. I do know a little bit about astrology.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
0: do see that the moon, there's energetic properties to it. It's yeah. almost undeniable in that the moon cycles do affect us. So there is something going on there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then, when you look at a full moon, why does it basically appear to be the size of the sun? Why are they almost identical? And when you have an eclipse, that it covers the sun just perfectly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you have the moon, which is what is it two a little over two hundred and fifty thousand miles away, and then you have uh, the sun, which know. is what is it ninety three million miles away? Yeah. So you have these two bodies, one which is much smaller than the other, separated by these great vast distances, yet they appear to be the same size in the sky.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It seems a little too perfect to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's just say, I mean, I don't really like to go with labels, but let's just, for right now, let's say An- or Anunnaki, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What if the harvesting of you know the emotions or what is it, or the, the reincarnation cycle is a way to keep us in slavery what if that's just human logic what if it's something more than that what if that is part of the equation that mm-hmm. they are you know vile beings that want to keep humanity enslaved but on the flip side of it if the moon is teaching us these emotional lessons and if astrology is a real thing Which I believe it is. Mm -hmm. The moon is one of our greatest assets to get to our shadow self. Mm. So, if we are on this journey as a soul to learn and evolve, you can't do that without emotion. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, what if it is two pronged that, or maybe by, you know, maybe the intention was to keep humanity enslaved, yet at the same time, it provided us with this great opportunity to grow. Because what if, like I was saying earlier mm-hmm. with the, the ET that came to Earth from another planet and the emotional reaction was so strong, but what if that being came here to learn about emotions? Right. And what if these beings whose intention maybe was to enslave us set up this system for that purpose, but it had the unintentional effect of helping us grow? Or what if it isn't completely black and white?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what if they did tinker with us, or mm-hmm. you know, they t- as chimps that we started out of us? Right, that's what you said. Like yeah. they tweaked us. A- what if they tweaked us but put a back door in, mm-hmm. which allowed an awakening to take place?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what if we can't comprehend what the motivation of other beings are because we can only comprehend what humanity is capable of?
3: Boom. I didn't know he was about to m- drop a mic, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, completely right. Did that um, answer the question? Yeah. Like, I mean, because I was just tossing you an idea to see what <laughs> you could do with it. And I didn't know you was going to spin it into gold, but okay, here we are.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
3: Um, I think that that's, that's a really beautiful idea because... Um, you know, I remember even in church, you know, what the devil meant for bad, God turned into good, you know? Um, and, and the idea that, that, that is, that, that does happen. Um, and we, we talk about it a lot here is like, you know, the things that we think that are negative things are often catalysts for our growth in really beautiful and wonderful ways. Um, so it's not necessarily because the, the, it was funny when someone sent it to me and I saw it, I was like, this is a fear-based thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't really want to entertain the idea of like someone, or whatever this was trying to say, um, I, I want to entertain it for the sake, sake of counter thought, uh, not to be an echo chamber all the time, but I also was like, this doesn't resonate with me in the sense of like, what, what's the message here was this trying to tell me about my reincarnation about what lives I'm having to live over and over and over. Um, and what does it look like for me to be in a space of, of learning and progressing, uh, this journey of my soul. Um, I saw recently that you had posted on Instagram, that book journey of souls. Mm -hmm. Someone had sent that to me. It was the first inclination that I had read anything about reincarnation. Um, it was a hypnotist, right? Who was, who wrote that book? Michael Newton. Okay. Um, and he, great book. Yeah. Like I, I, I audio listened to part of it and then I got really freaked out. Mind you, this was years ago before I really even started to step into this thing. Um, but this this process of understanding um, you know, where these other lives that we've had. I you said time earlier and it caught my attention. Um, your concept of time working with people in all their other lifetimes. Can we get a little metaphysical here and let's do um, it? We we talk about past lives, but do you have any perspective on whether those lives are actually in the past? Are they parallel lives that we're living at the same time? How does time work for you since you are able to experience this journey with lots of people and the way in which we experience these lives?
0: It would be much easier for me to grasp time as just a linear concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just yeah. that right, right off the bat. But I don't think it's linear. Mm-hmm. I think it's beyond my comprehension. But I, I do believe that it's happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe there are multiple versions that exists throughout time and space. And I can't tell you for sure that I won't reincarnate in my next life into 1623. Mm. But then that brings up a whole other set of questions such as, I don't know necessarily be, uh, was it the grandfather paradox? One where if you go back in time and kill your grandfather, would you be born? Mm-hmm. So, if I were to incarnate backwards, does that mean that.
3: Does that affect this life?
0: Right. Yeah. Because if I had free will, then I can make decisions that Mm -hmm. may possibly affect, I mean, not only my life right now, but humanity as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like, I could have, whether that be something that was positive or negative. So, or. Is it residing in a different space and time, like a different dimension Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where it's just an offshoot, and that every person has the capability to affect the lines of time and the trajectory of an entire universe? Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: I mean, are we just jumping back and forth? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then it's also a question of. You know, since we're just going to these fun places right now, I'll, I'll lay on my, 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 my impression of a skeptic. Like when people who are skeptical say to me, it's like, well, I don't know about reincarnation. They don't sound like that, but just for right now, that's the voice I'm going to use. Like, so as I wrote with that, like, well, I don't believe in reincarnation because, you know, there's almost 8 billion people on the planet. So, where are all these souls coming from? If there's one soul in a body, okay. Well, a couple mm-hmm. different yes. things. One, maybe we're just reincarnating quicker and
2: mm-hmm. jumping
0: in a body sooner. Maybe there are souls coming from elsewhere, a la the three waves or others or interplanetary souls filling, you know, that yeah, um, uh, of that avatar. Or maybe we are living in more than one body at once. Maybe my soul has fragmented into nine different lives right now.
3: I believe that because the whole thing, the prom- the premise of twin flame is a soul split in two, and then you know they try to meet each other, come back together, whatever. Um, is 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 exactly that. Like you come to some place where then you split in half or whatever. But also like the skepticism of like where are all these souls coming from? If they're coming here in the first place, what makes us think that there's only a billion? Why are we so limited in the thinking that that's that's it? <laughs> like. They could, if they're coming from all over the universe, all over space, all over consciousness, other dimensions, why would we think that there was a limit to that number?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, and some of us, like we, we, we'd say, oh, we're going to take a vacation. We're not going to be on earth. Um, I always make this joke that I, I hope this is my <laughs> last life here because I don't want to come back to this ghetto planet. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this was a choice, obviously. Maybe I enjoy this and in ways that I didn't know that I uh, enjoy it because of the the hardship that it is. But when you get out, you're like, man, that was awesome. Let's do it again. Kind of that, like that when you're on a roller coaster and it's like, oh man, it's hell while you're on it. But then after you're done, you're like, that was super fun.
0: Yeah. Like the way I picture it is even just like in an earth sense, like if I go, you know, once I die, like if whatever the afterlife may be, like I'm sitting around a table with you know, just, just people throughout time, you know, someone from the five hundred, someone from, the year 1000, someone from the 1500s, someone from the Renaissance. And they're all saying, oh yeah, this is is what took place while I was alive. This is what took place while I was alive. Mm -hmm. Like, let me tell you about the last five years.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was on earth during 2020, bitch. Right? (laughs) And
0: they'd be like, all right, you win. We fold. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like the pissing competition up there. (laughs) Like, you know. But yeah, like what experience you, I guess for lack of a better term, experience.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now, I, w- I want to go back to your concept of time because um, the, the, I love the idea of thinking like, okay, I reincarnated in 2020 during this time. And then maybe I go back and I'm, I'm from 1500s or whatever. The lives that we experience even may be happening at the same time. And um, the way that someone else described this to me, which I liked was kind of like the rings in a tree, um, how they over, overlap each other in a cycle. And in that sense, it's almost like they're, ha- they're happening at the same time. So the things that we're remembering or the things that were like you know, um, you said something on your website, I think, where you had watched an episode of Roots mm-hmm. And there was a moment that you kind of like felt like you had seen that scene before. Yeah um like things like that like where things pop out to you where you're like oh man i feel where things overlap um can you talk to me a little bit about that so not necessarily deja vu but like where you feel like you're experiencing something that feels familiar to you like "I, i know that where is that coming from that that feeling of overlap
0: so yeah for me and roots what happened was when i was i believe it was in the fifth grade when we were watching Roots in Class, I had this distinct feeling that I'd watched it before. Mm-hmm. And like, wait, I have seen this before. I The scene where the slave was being thrown overboard, I've seen this very thing before. But that was what it was. It was just like, oh, is it deja vu? Is mm-hmm. that what this is right now? And it was something that I guess I sporadically thought about from time to time. Just like, oh... I remember that feeling of watching Roots. Oh, oh yeah, huh. And then it just went away. Mm -hmm. And a few years ago, when I was having one of my own regressions, I saw my last life. And I saw myself as an older man sitting in a, you know, just a chair with a pretty big back to it.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And that was the moment when I passed away in that life. And right before leaving the body, I was taking a look and seeing what was on television at the time. And it was that very scene from Roots. Hmm. So, you know, could it just be that it was me remembering at the time when I saw this at 10 years old
1: mm-hmm.
0: from a past life? Yeah, it could have been, could it have just been deja vu. Yeah, it could have been, could it have been some bigger force at play that was planting a seed. So when I experienced that over 20 years later, I'd be like, oh my God, that's what happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it could be that too. You know, are these markers set up along our journeys in order, or in order for us to remember?
1: hmm
0: You know, the, just those overlapping features or where- The glitches. Uh, <laughs> right, I went to Georgia in 2019 to revisit one of my past lives there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm someone who needs to have all the details of everything. I need to plan everything out. So as long as I had a place to stay there, that's all I needed to know for that trip.
1: Mm-hmm. Everything
0: else, I'm like, I'm going to know what to do. Yeah. I'm going to know exactly where I need to go to find what it is I'm looking for. And that happened to be a big rock out in the woods. And <laughs> mm. I'm like, this is crazy. I am jumping on a plane to fly across the country to look for a rock in the woods <laughs> without a map, <laughs> and I found it. Weird. I knew exactly where to go. Yeah. Granted, it was only about half a mile from the main road, but it's like I knew where to but
3: go. But half a mile from the main road of where? You flew to some other state? <laughs> oh, I mean, I
0: like it was in Georgia, and it was near Stone Mountain, Georgia. Uh
3: huh.
0: So very distinguished landmark. Okay which I had seen when I left the body in that life. And I later asked, why was this the first life that I saw? Like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. like, let me clarify that. It was a question I asked my higher self in a subsequent regression of mine. Mm-hmm. Why was that the first life that I saw? In the How answer was-
3: that vision was, important?
0: It was because I needed to see something that was so unique. Mm -hmm. I mean, that landmark that is just so unique that it is not something that you can mistake for something else, because it's this big old stone mountain that's just shaped like a dome out in the middle of nowhere. So there's nothing else around it except for forest. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And there were other parts of that life or when I'd revisit it where I saw where the sun would set and I saw the tree line that the sun was setting over. So there was these little indications as to where it was because this mountain is not huge either. I mean, it's big, but it's only a couple miles across. So it's not like I- the
3: significance of that for the life that you were visiting?
0: I mean, why I had to go revisit that?
3: Yeah.
0: It was a traumatic life. Mm. It was traumatic and beautiful at the same time, but it was- It was where, like, I needed to go there in order to release what I've been carrying around. Got it. That simply acknowledging it wasn't going to be enough. But I think that it's different for me than it is for other people Mm -hmm. because this is what I do. Yeah. So it's like they have to say to me, you know, they being on the other side, no, 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 we're going to have to push you to your limits. Mm. Because then it also became a journey of doubt while I was there. Mm -hmm. Because there were things that I was remembering about this place. Yet, when I would also, you know, being in Georgia and saying to people why I was there, (laughs) I told them I was doing a genealogy project.
1: Because, you know, I was going to
0: like the historical society because I knew what my name was. Uh And things of that nature. And, you know, the one time I said, oh, yeah, I lived a past life here. The look that I got (laughs) was like... So I stuck with you.
3: You're one of those. (laughs) Right.
0: But it it was that extreme of having to go there. And once I found that rock, I it was to let go of someone from a past Mm -hmm. life. And when I was talking about that tree line in the sunset, it was watching the silhouette of that person and knowing that that was the last time I was going to see them. Mm. So it was to. And this particular rock was like my, not my really fort, but like my, my special place mm-hmm. when I was a kid in that life, where I would go It was a couple hundred feet away from my house. But that was my place. Yeah. And I, uh, I went back there and I watched the sunset and it was, it was incredible just to see that same tree line,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, of course with little change. You changes. felt that
3: familiarity there.
0: I felt it and I knew it
3: Mm
0: -hmm. in that night going and laying on the golf course there because there wasn't a golf course at the time, you know, in the mid 1800s (laughs) and the place where my house was is now an artificial lake, Mm. but everything lined up perfectly for me to be at that very location. Mm -hmm. And when I watched the stars, the last night I was there, like I was only there for two full days.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It was that feeling of, oh my God, I'm back here again. I'm doing what I used to do, except this time it's laying on a golf course as opposed to the tall grass that was in front of my my home, you know, like my old wooden home. And that feeling of being home, and and just feeling something that eclipses space and time. Like it, <laughs> yeah, it even it, it moves me even talking about it. That,
1: yeah.
0: but to like I had to have my my beliefs even challenged there, right? Because also, I'll just I'll give you the short explanation for what the challenge was was I died in a body of water there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yet everyone I talked to there said there are no natural bodies of water in the state of Georgia. They are all artificial mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, my uncle told my great uncle like you know sticking with the genealogy story yeah <laughs> like, that he he died in like a, pond or like a lake but uh, <laughs> I ended up finding a postcard like the lake was constructed in the 1960s, I believe and I found a postcard from the early 50s. That showed a smaller body of water right near where this would have been. interesting. But it wasn't like a gigantic lake, but it was enough where I could drown in that body of water, like it was that deep. It may have only been a couple of feet.
3: and so you you had an opportunity to access through your past life regression this very real situation that happened, and then you were able to go to that place and find proof of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So and cool. the place I found it, I'll just say it was a place I didn't want to go cuz there's some things I I don't this I don't necessarily agree with in that part of town and imaginable yeah <laughs> uh, and there was a name on this place that I had to go to find some of this information where I'm like ah, well I'm going to have to go there and I couldn't find what I was looking for and I was walking out of that place with my head down like I kid you not like it was just you know, you hear the, the horns in the background, like, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. But this voice said, go back.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Look to your right. Turn around and look to your right. So I'm like, oh, fine, whatever, looks to my right. And that's where I found the postcard. Mm. I glossed over it before. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> because had I not found that, I may not be having this conversation with you right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: I'd be like, what am I doing with my life? How can I possibly be facilitating these journeys for people if I've been led astray? Yeah. But I had yeah. to have my belief challenged and to have that perseverance
3: mm-hmm. and
0: that knowing of, no, this is real.
3: To get to and that still place. like,
0: I can't prove it to you though. All those yeah. things could just be coincidence. One hell of a coincidence.
3: You know, everybody when people talk about coincidences, I'm like, let's replace that word with synchronicity, please. Because coincidences is just a, to me, a skeptic word. And in my belief system, and everybody can just like completely disagree with me here, but in my belief system, um, it just, the coincidences sometimes, they're too close to be coincidences in the first place. Coincidences are for us to to negate what we're seeing here because It's so fantastical that we like the, the belief of that it would be something more scares us. So in this essence of like what it is that you discovered or whatever, yeah, we can't prove it, but I do believe you experienced this pretty, pretty significant synchronicity that puts you on a path to do this type of work. And in you doing this type of work, you were able to bring people to places that show them not only their past lives, but connections to their higher selves in ways that expand the way that they think about themselves that they're not these limited bodies without souls that just die at the end of everything it to me opens up hope it opens up healing it opens up you know areas of, of baggage of things that we've 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 covered and carried in order to move forward and, and expand and grow i've had three of these sessions now and like each one of them is so so intense <laughs> um it takes me a year to kind of go through and process them and even like out of my first one, the very first one that I had, um, I, I recovered a life in Cairo and that life being super important And that I was, my name was Claire Euphemia and my, my greatest love was Obed-Undamnia. I believe the partner that I'm with is, is my, my partner David is Obed-Undamnia because the first time I met him and we talked and like, I mean, really early on we decided, or he had asked me what I would name my kid. And I'm like, you're crazy. We've been together for like two weeks. Um, I said, never let myself think about it. And he says, what about Cairo? And i and i had like this visceral like whoosh, that that just hit me and i was like holy cow this is that guy we live this life there you know whatever so we talked about it and uh expressed to him his beliefs that is not he's he entertains past lives but he's not as involved in it as i am um but we did talk about our familiarity or whatever and i was like this can't be such a coincidence that then I went online and there was this other sign where I talk about another episode um, where someone had said something about Cairo and it was like within minutes of us, of, of us discussing this. And I said, this is not a coincidence. This is a massive synchronicity to get my attention. This go back and look at the postcard thing for you. You know what I mean? Like the things that happened that could have, been, we, like I know everybody's had a situation in their life where they've entertained something, not entertained something, they've looked at something And, or a little voice says to them, go back or swipe right, (laughs) or, you know, whatever that thing it is. And it's like, if I just didn't do that one little thing, how different my life could have been. Right. So in this way, I believe that those synchronicities are incredibly powerful and incredibly thankful that you're able to share that with us as we round up our episode um, we're going to head over to Patreon now cause we're out of time, but, um, I just want to ask you a, a lasting thought for people who may be interested in this, um, who, who may be, may be fearful of what it looks like or whatever. What is a, a connecting thought that you can offer them right now?
0: You will never be shown what you can't handle. I mean, that's still, it's my belief, but I've never had someone say after a session that was too much for me to handle. Just like for you. It was a lot, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't too much. Like you will only receive what you can handle. And on the flip side of it, you may be surprised how strong you actually are Mm. because you may think that you're, when I say you, I'm not, you know. I know. It's just just a generalization, yeah. (laughs) Where, I mean, I had someone recently say to me that they've seen themselves as frail for their entire life. Yet
1: Mm.
0: what they uncovered I'm like, damn, like I couldn't handle that. <laughs> and so it's like, it shows you how strong you are at the same time. So you will only receive what, what you're ready to receive and what's best for you to receive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, yeah. they know like your higher self and your guides who are really running the show, in my opinion. I'm just the dude asking questions,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: they're the ones who are providing you with the visuals. Like mm-hmm. they know what you need to see. So it could be just a very simple life that they show you with some relevance to your life now where things will make sense. But even for me, I didn't start having my intense sessions until three or four years into when I started doing past life regressions Mm -hmm. because I wasn't ready for it at the beginning. So you will only receive what you're ready to receive.
3: Beautiful. Well, we're gonna go over to Patreon and we're gonna talk about what my guides told you in my past life regression session. <laughs> um, but before we do that, can uh, you tell everybody where they can find you?
0: Sure. I'm on Instagram at the past life regressionist or my website, your Beautiful.
3: Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you got something really cool out of this episode. And, uh, you know, don't forget to send this episode to someone that you love, like, and share to subscribe. And we will see you in the next one. Bye. That was fun. Yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fellow time travelers your journey through time awaits you just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode and if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time and you'd like to book a session with me just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the past life regressionist or you can reach me through my website your